0: Yo, best, Yo Yo that shit crazy. On a Tuesday, it's All leaving with your boy, Barry Grant. You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at All Even Podcast. You can listen to the show on Podbeam as well as... Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Deezer, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, I'm all over the place, man. And trust me, go to YouTube, hit that subscribe button, like, share, and comment, because the page is growing. Be a part of that wave, that all-even wave, lots to get into. Monday Night Football, we had a great game between the Rams and the Cardinals. We're going to talk about playoff implications and... Who actually has the upper hand in regards to the number one overall seed in the NFC? Dak Prescott is struggling, and I don't think it's a slump, y'all. Steph Curry breaks the all-time three-point record. We're going to talk about his impact on the game of basketball. COVID is running rampant between the NFL and the NBA. Can they get this under control? The list is down to three for the Mets' new manager. And then the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. So let's just jump right into it. Man, did we have a great game Monday Night Football. Between the Rams and the Cardinals, NFC West, title implications on the line. You got two good teams going at it. Matthew Stafford has struggled the last three, four weeks. Kyler Murray has been hurt. But we finally get these guys on the field at the same time. Everybody's fairly healthy, and we had a good game. Rams win this game 30-23. Matthew Stafford, 287 yards, three touchdowns, had a QBR of 86. The big three in regards to the wild receivers, they got, they got going. Cooper Cup, 13 catches, 123 yards, a touchdown. Van Jefferson, two catches, 58 yards, he had a tub. Odell Beckham had six catches, 77 yards, and a touchdown. They were all over the place defensively. They played well. The fact that they didn't have Jalen Ramsey and they played this well, I got to give it up to them. I got to give them props. Defense played well, man. Aaron Donald came to play. He disrupted Kyler Murray all night. Kyler Murray, listen, when you look at his throwing yards, he was good, 383 yards, but everything else was pretty bad. QBR was down in the dumps at 36. Quarterback rating of 72, had two interceptions. So Kyler did not have a good night because he just was not comfortable all night. When you got a defensive line like that, that the Rams have, those pass rushes, those edge rushes that can be able to create havoc, keep those those running lanes tight so he doesn't have that type of escapability to get out of there. Obviously, he has 61 yards on the ground, led the, the team in rushing, but, you know, they – they pretty much kept him in check. Made him make some bad decisions throwing the football. So the Rams did exactly what they were supposed to do. And are we shocked? Hell yeah, we a little shocked because they haven't really looked this good. Now, granted, they played the Jaguars and got right. But we didn't expect them to look this good against arguably, possibly, the best team in football. But they showed up. It's a division game. You already know that division games are always good. They're always tight. They're always competitive. So what do we take away from this game? Well, we took away that the Rams are not they're not gone. They're not completely out of the top seed in the NFC. Everybody was talking about Packers and Bucks and Cardinals and Cowboys. Everybody kind of forgot about or didn't really give the Rams much credit all because of Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford has his detractors out there. There's a lot of people out there that don't really think he's good. They think he's overrated. They think he has a great arm, but he's not a great quarterback. Rashawn McVeigh is showing you that this guy can be able to do exactly what he needs him to do in his system. Jared Goff couldn't do those. Jared Goff couldn't make those like that. So, this is why Matthew Stafford is perfect for the Rams. And I would not be surprised if Matthew Stafford ends up leading the Rams to the Super Bowl. Wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me at all. He has that type of ability, he's always had that type of ability. Now, when you're in Detroit, you can't really showcase that. It's Detroit. We see exactly what's going on with Detroit, that dumpsify over there. Yeah, they got Dan Campbell that's trying to change the culture, but they're still the Lions. So as great as you are, sometimes you can't change bad. And the Lions are bad. But with Stafford over here, even his bad games, you can be able to overcome because you have a well-rounded organization. You have a well-rounded team. So Matthew Stafford would be fine. The other thing i like to talk about in regards to the Rams is Odell Beckham Jr. Rumors of his demise have been exaggerated, y'all. Everybody was saying that Odell's done. No, he has nothing left. Oh, no. Just the fact that now he has a quarterback and a head coach that can actually get him the football. And, hey. Has has anybody heard anything negative out of Odell? Looks happy to me. Looks like he's getting separation off the line. the Same type of separation he was getting in Cleveland. Because when you look at the tape, he's actually beating his man off the line a lot. But when you got a quarterback that can't find you and there's no rhythm in regards to how he's supposed to get that ball out because everything is timing. Route running, your route trees, everything has to be timing. And if your quarterback has no rhythm, you're going to be out of rhythm as a wide receiver. But people always like to bash Odell Beckham Jr. Why? Because he's competitive. Because he's emotional. Because he wants to win. I know another guy that's emotional, screams and yells and hits helmets and Shows all this passion on the field. And people call him the greatest quarterback of all time. The GOAT. Plays down in Tampa. You don't ever hear nobody talk about how disruptive he is. But you used to hear that about the wide receiver in New York. So I don't like certain narratives. And I remember that first game against San Francisco where... Stafford tried to force feed the ball to Odell in a deep route. Interception happened, and you had commentators laughing, making fun, poking fun at Odell. Now I don't hear anything. It's radio silence. So because there's radio silence, I'm now going to say something. should be ashamed of yourselves. In regards to the type of, behavior that some of the people in the media have demonstrated laughing at Odell criticizing him not showing the respect of a guy that has played really really great football in his career has had some really really devastating setback type of injuries no no, no. they like to pour it on pour it on because when When people don't like somebody, they will take pride in tearing them down. OBJ is putting them to to shame right now, and I love it. Keep it coming, OBJ. Keep that same energy. Because when he is contributing in the playoffs and he makes a big third down catch that possibly can seal the game, I want to hear what they say then. I want to hear the same people talk about that. Oh, you know, he was giving Baker a hard time. Really? Have you have you watched the Browns lately? Have you heard the fact that maybe there's some inner turmoil between Baker and Stefanski? Just like how Baker didn't like Hugh Jackson. Just like how he didn't like Freddie Kitchens. Just like how Odell was the problem. Just like how every time something is wrong with Baker, they're blaming outside influences. They're blaming somebody else instead of looking at the person who got drafted number one and maybe is not actually a number one quarterback. Hmm. Interesting. Huh. Who would have thought That that can actually be a possibility. That maybe the guy that they drafted is not that good. But I digress. I don't want to get into this whole Baker-Odell thing. I just want to give my man Odell his flowers because he's playing great football. Now the Rams, Bucks, and Cards are neck and neck heading down the stretch with four games to play in the regular season. Who has the upper hand in regards to getting that overall number one seed in the NFL, in the NFC. Let's go through the schedule, shall we? For the Rams, they got the Seahawks, Vikings, Ravens, and Niners. Bucks have Saints, Panthers, Jets, and then Panthers again. Cars have Lions, Colts, Cowboys, and Seahawks. Now, let's go through the Rams. Honestly, I can see them... I can see them splitting these four games. So I can see them beating the Seahawks. I can see them beating the Vikings. I can see them losing to the Ravens because that, that's going to be a big primetime game. And I could definitely see them losing to the Niners in regards to a division game. So they would finish out 11-6 and, and be a top 3-4 team or 5 team in the NFC. Cards... They'll beat the Lions. They'll have a good game against the Colts. So let's say win against the Lions, loss against the Colts, loss against the Cowboys, win against the Seahawks. So they'll finish out two and two as well. So they'll finish twelve and five and be one of the top teams in the in the NFC. But the Bucs, the Bucks have the easiest schedule. They got the Saints. Brady struggles against the Saints. So if you want to chalk that up to a loss, okay, say that's a loss. But after that, they have the Panthers. That's a win. Against the Jets, that's a win. And then again with the Panthers. That's a win. So they're going to finish out 3-1 and, and wrap up their season at 13-4, and four, which, in my opinion, possibly puts them the number one seed in the NFC. Now you got the Packers as well. Can't forget about the Packers. Their schedule is not really that much of a cakewalk. They have some tough games on their schedule. They got the Ravens. They got the Browns. They got the Vikings and Lions. So can they finish 3-1? and one? Absolutely, I think they can finish 3-1. And, and then they will end up being 13-4, and four, which I guess tiebreaker goes to the Packers, right? So they would eventually become the number one seed. So... There's so much at stake in these last four games of the regular season that I really can't wait to see how it unfolds. There's another team as well that's in it, but, you know, I'm going to talk about them a little later. But but I don't want to spend too much time on this because I can't stand to talk about this, man. Everything that happens in this organization – for the bad is because of this man and it's about time that Roger Goodell it's about time the other owners put their foot down and get Dan Snyder out of the National Football League rumors and reports are going around that he has you know he's going out of his way to block the investigation of the you know, the sexual assault allegations that have been running rampant in this organization for decades. He's trying to block it. Now, if this is true, how can you allow this man to continue to own this team? You can't. So I'm very, very curious to see how they handle this because he's a scumbag. He's always been a scumbag, and they need to remove people like this from football because this is now the new national pastime. This is now front page news. Football is in everybody's home. Everybody cares about football on some particular level. You cannot have this type of stench and stink and black mark on your your, your game because of one person. Dan Snyder needs to go. That's all I'm going to say about that because I don't like to spend much time talking about this dude. Everything he touches turns to crap. He's not a good person. He's led that team down the dumps. They have not been a consistent winner because of him, because of all the nonsense that comes out of there. Hell, they don't even have a name. It's very fitting, isn't it? Coming up after the break. The Dallas Cowboys, they win on Sunday, but we also saw something else. On a Tuesday night, it's all even. Yo, it's your man, DJ G Money Flat, Flip the Script Podcast? You see it? We in yeah, the yeah. studio right now. Flip yeah. shut up. Yeah. got
1: it. Oh, listen.
0: Shout out to the All Even Podcast, my All man, even. Barry Grant oh, Jr. Whoa, 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 whoa. What's up, oh, man? Whoa, 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 whoa. What happened? What you, you, you want to say to the people? You shout out to somebody on your podcast? Oh, yeah, my man gets to join you. What's up? Oh Even? Oh even. even Podcast? Yo, it ain't even up here, boy. <laughs> we put this yo, what's up, man? Oh, Even. Yo, you. Oh, my God. What's <laughs> up with you, man? Now, you got well, a shout out? You keeping this? Yeah, keep all that. All Even Podcast, right? Yeah, All Even. Shout out to All Even Podcast, right? All Even? That's your
1: man? My man. All right, shout out to All Even pocket. He cool? 100%, 100%. He cool. Is he? he cool? Let me see. Is he cool? He cool?
0: He cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, y'all. Sometimes it's really hard to be a Dallas Cowboys fan. I'm not going to lie to you. You know, they give you these these moments in time where you're just like, man, that was a great game, and, you know, they, they make these great plays, but then they make these bonehead plays. Last season was a rough season to be a part of because the Cowboys' defense was historically probably the worst in their history. Couldn't stop anybody. And people were very pessimistic in regards to saying, you can't turn around a defense in a year. You know, we got Dan Quinn. Everybody's like, oh, well, Dan Quinn's a failed head coach in Atlanta. Defense didn't look good in Atlanta, so why would he come here and do anything? Then, you know, we we get some free agents. Draft comes, and people are critical of the draft. You know, certain guys that we got. Hey, even me. You know, when we ended up getting Micah Parsons, you know, I was just like, we, we need Sertan. Boy, were we all wrong. The Dallas Cowboys are led by their defense this year. The Dallas Cowboys, right now, are top three in takeaways in all of the NFL. They get to the quarterback. They get strip sacks, they get forced fumbles, they get interceptions. Any particular type of takeaway, they get. Micah Parsons, defensive rookie of the year. Definitely top three, in my opinion, for defensive player of the year behind T.J. Watt and Miles Garrett. You have Trayvon Diggs, who leads the NFL in interceptions. You have Neville Gallimore that's back. You have Lawrence that's back. Everybody is playing at a high level. So we end up beating the Washington Redskins 27-20. The defense was all over the place. They made Taylor Heineke just, he looked like he was seeing ghosts. Terry McLaurin couldn't catch a pass. Trayvon Diggs had him on smash all night. That offensive line that's been really, really good all season was under duress all game long. Other than the Chiefs, I think Dallas has the best defensive line in football, plus depth. So they did what they had to do on Sunday. You know who didn't do what they were supposed to do on Sunday? Not Zeke. We all know that Zeke is banged up. We all know that Tony Pollard is not playing due to the tear in the plantar fascia. We all know that Amari Cooper is still trying to work himself back. We all know that Gallup is here and all the offensive weapons. But the guy that's not holding his weight is the guy that's making $75 million this year. That's Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott had a QBR of 10 on Sunday. Dak Prescott threw for 212 yards, had a touchdown, two interceptions, a quarterback rating of 58.8, and he threw a pick six in the fourth quarter when the game was pretty much out of reach. Sometimes I watch my TV and I can see certain coverages and I can see who's covered and say that, okay, that guy is covered. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. There's nothing developing here. Throw the ball away. And Dak will just throw a pass when he knows the guy is covered into traffic and makes bonehead decisions week after week after week. You have your Dak supporters out there. And listen, I'm a Cowboys fan. I don't hate Dak. I just don't see what most of those people see in regards to, oh, he's a top five quarterback. He is not. Top five quarterbacks don't continue to make the same mistakes that Dak Prescott has been making for about four years now. So. You know, people are saying that this is the worst stretch of football that Dak Prescott has been playing in his career. Over the last month, he's had eight touchdowns to six interceptions. We remember the stinker in Denver. We remember the missed throws against Kansas City. We remember the decent game that he had against the the. The Raiders, but the defense didn't show up, and now this game. What we're seeing here is a quarterback that is trying to figure it out as he goes instead of being able to command the offense and be reliable. Right now, Dak Prescott is not reliable. He's not. So I'd like to tell you why this is not a slump. I don't think that this is a slump. I just think that this is who he is. Great quarterbacks, they tend to play well to the start of the season. And there's tape on you, right? So coaches can be able to game plan. They can watch film. They can see how you break down the defense. They can see what type of plays you like to run, what your tendencies are. And sometimes you see quarterbacks start to struggle in the middle of their season. They'll have some rough games. Hell, we've seen Brady have some rough games this season. Not in regards to Dak-level struggle, but he's had some struggle games. The, The game against New England in New England, that game was a struggle. He didn't play particularly well. So there's times where even the great Tom Brady doesn't look like himself. Like the game plan is that much better than his preparation, and he doesn't have a great day. Cool. But the greats adjust. So it's just like a fighter. You get into the ring. You start to feel it out. You see the counters. You counter. And then you have that wonderful flow of action. Because you're thinking. You're adapting. You're adjusting. And you're seeing what the counter punches are. You adapt. You do your homework. You start studying film. And then you adapt to them. That's what Drew Brees did. That's what Tom Brady continues to do. That's what Peyton Manning does. That's what Pat Mahomes does. That's what Russell Wilson does. All the great quarterbacks do it. You know who doesn't do that? Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott does not adjust to when defenses adjust to him. Remember the couple of years back, before the contract, I think it was twenty nineteen, where Dak came out firing. They were they weren't playing any great teams and Dak looked like a world beater. You know, they had a contract in place and he ended up ripping up that particular negotiation and wanted a new brand new deal. He wanted forty million dollars. And Jerry and him began the bidding war, right? They be they began this fight. But it all stemmed from that particular start. So Dak will start hot. But then, towards the middle of the season, he started to struggle. Towards the end of the season, he started to struggle. He had a terrible year that year in regards to how it finished. We didn't win a division. We didn't make the playoffs. And what are you paying for? That's how Jerry looked at it. Last year, they end up starting very slow. Dak Prescott's throwing a whole bunch of yards. But they're not winning games. It's not translating on the field. So the struggle is there. Where's the adjustment? What we're seeing right now is the same thing. Started off hot. Dak Prescott is an MVP candidate. Looking great. Finding receivers. Moving around. But then the defenses start to watch tape. They start to adjust. And he can't adjust. Now, if if people want to talk about the Calf injury that he suffered against New England, and that's holding him back. Okay, that may be a valid excuse. But what's the excuses for the other years that he did it? Don't worry, I'll wait. Anybody have anything? So this is what I'm saying. You can be able to make that excuse if you want to this year. What about the previous seasons? So this is why when people say that Dak Prescott is a top five quarterback, I'm looking at them in regards to what quarterback are they watching. When they say that Dak Prescott is a top 10 quarterback, absolutely he's a top 10 quarterback. He's 10. Hell, if you want to be honest, I think Dak is a top 15 quarterback. That's where I've always had him. He's good. He's not elite. If your defense is great, and your defense gets stops and your running game is on point point. your offensive line is playing well, you can win a Super Bowl with a Dak Prescott. But Dak Prescott is not going to win you a Super Bowl. There's a difference. Dak Prescott is not going to win you a game when things fall apart, when things break down. Brady can do that. Drew Brees did that. Peyton Manning used to do that. Pat Mahomes I've seen do that. Russell Wilson I've seen do that. I've seen these great quarterbacks lead their teams when there's nothing there. I've seen it. I have yet to see Dak Prescott do that. There's a stat out there. The Cowboys are 29 and 0 when they run more than they pass. If that doesn't tell you that Dak is not an elite quarterback, I don't know what is. I really don't. That's the problem, is that you're paying $75 million for decent. There's nothing wrong with decent. You can live your whole life being decent. You can live your whole life just being a basic, regular person. Get a nice 9 to 5 job. Meet a nice girl. Have a nuclear family you know, work your job for 40 years and retire. There's nothing wrong with that. And then you you got those people that live the lavish lives as well. So, there's nothing wrong with B, but don't think that you're living a B life and you're an A person. That doesn't that doesn't match up. Live your B life and be happy in the B life. But don't live your B life telling everybody that you're an A, that you're an elite, because you're not. And although Dak is not going around saying that he's an elite quarterback, but if you ask him, I'm sure he'll tell you yes. His contract tells us that that's what he's supposed to be. Dak is decent, but he's making elite number one quarterback money. He's the highest paid quarterback in all of football. Now you can be able to have a debate about. Hey it's next man up. And it doesn't matter who it is. But that's what the reality is, is. That he's getting paid. To deliver. When there's things. That are not happening correctly. When things are not operating well. When things are breaking down. When the offensive line is not doing great. He's still got to find a way. That's what that type of money is. Warrants. Dak Prescott can't show you that. He can't give you that because he continues to make bonehead reads. Throws the ball to people that I don't even know were ever open. He should have had three or four interceptions on Sunday. To be honest with you, if Taylor Heineke had a quarterback rating of 15, they win the game. That's how ineffective Dak Prescott was. So the Cowboys have a big problem on their hands. Can the defense continue to play like this? Possible. They're one of the surprises in the NFL this season. But they're playing so well that being a pessimist, because being a Dallas Cowboys fan makes you a pessimist, you don't trust it long-term. You don't know how long this is going to last. So we need quarterback play. We need the running game to be great. We need play calling to be good. and We don't have that all the time. So we have an inconsistent head coach in regards to his two-minute drills and his clock management. We have an inconsistent offensive coordinator sometimes who gets a little too cute. And then we have a quarterback that's making a whole bunch of money that makes terrible decisions throwing the football when he should not be doing that. Dak threw a pick six and made the game closer than it should have been. Shouldn't have been a pass that was thrown, but yet he does it. So, the Cowboys have a big issue on their hands. The defense looks great, but the person that they weren't supposed to worry about is giving them reason to worry. Coming up after the break, Steph Curry makes history. On a Tuesday night, it's all even. Welcome back, y'all. Steph Curry makes history tonight, and definitely got to give him props. Warriors beat the Knicks 105-96. Steph Curry is the all-time three-point Champion, he's surpassed Ray Allen, 2,974 three-pointers made. Huge achievement. Definitely not a big shock to anybody. You know, it was was just one of those things of, like, when was it going to happen? Not if. When. And it's just a testament of his dedication, his hard work. You know, Steph Curry changed the game. They look at three pointers like they used to look at dunks and you know certain savvy plays and crossovers and stuff. But Steph Curry made the game finesse, really finesse. He took the the physicality out of the game, not all the way, but gave it another wrinkle that you can be effective and you can dominate a basketball game, by doing it this way. You can win championships by doing it this way. So he broke the mold. So kudos to Steph, man. Kudos to Steph for the work that he's put in. You know, coming from Davison, people didn't even think much of him. Obviously, he was a top 10 pick, but they never thought he was going to be this. You know, they, they never even labeled him as a point guard coming out. I mean, I don't really see him as a point guard. He's more of a hybrid, but, you know, if you looked at the scouting reports, he's not that fast, not that deceptive, doesn't have any athletic ability, but can shoot the lights out. What does it sound like to you? Tom Brady, right? Tom Brady's scouting combine metrics were nothing to be impressed about. He didn't have an NFL physique, couldn't run. Didn't have a plus arm, like they said. Was possibly not going to be in the NFL. 20 plus years later, he's the greatest quarterback of all time. Steph Curry, same thing. Eh, Not that fast. Doesn't really have an NBA body. Skinny. We don't know what he's going to be. Slow. Not really deceptively quick. He's now the greatest shooter. In NBA history. He's been the greatest shooter in NBA history. So it just goes to show you that it doesn't matter what scouts say and what they look at and all the particular numbers, you know, maybe sixty percent of the time that works. It's an accurate way of evaluating talent. But you got guys like Steph Curry, you got guys like Tom Brady got guys like Dak Prescott. You got you got these guys that they miss that they can't really quantify into numbers because it's all will and skill. It's all about where they go as well. Who's to say that when the Knicks had that pick and he was available and Steph Curry ended up being a Knicks, if we would be sitting here Talking about Steph Curry being the greatest shooter of all time, possibly in the conversation as one of the top 10, top 15 greatest players of all time, and somebody who revolutionized the game of basketball, would we really be having that conversation or was it destiny for him to go to Golden State where he can be able to not have the press in his face not have the limelight of the Los Angeles Lakers or the pressure of New York. He can be able to just develop, develop his game, deal with the injuries that he had early on because his ankles were shot to the point where they needed to buy him or create special braces for him. All of those things he was able to do because he went to Golden State. And he was able to find himself. He was able to get a coach like Mark Jackson who believed in him and told him that he can be the greatest player in the game. And that's exactly what happened. And then Steve Kerr came and took it to another level. The rest is history. Same thing we can say about Brady. It's that he went to the right place. Who's to say if Brady was a Jet or went to the Bills or even went to the Cowboys that We would be talking about Tom Brady like we're talking about him today. So shouts to Ryan Flowers. You know, this is his line that where you go matters. It matters. So kudos to Steph, everybody involved. You know, it was real classy to see Ray Allen and, and Reggie Miller there. Madison Square Garden, obviously. You can't ask for a better venue to have a big moment like this happen, so everything kind of worked out. I think Steph was was, you know, he was kind of BSing around a little bit the last few games. Oh, uh, can't make shots. Uh, he wanted to do it in MSG. And who can blame him? Hell, if I was if I was Steve Kerr, I'd have sat him out last game, and just let him deal with this today. That's what I would have did. So, you know, either way, it's a great achievement. Steph Curry is definitely in the same category, in my opinion, to a guy like Dan Marino. Dan Marino revolutionized the way the game is, is played behind center in regards to throwing the football. You know, what he did in that era of throwing the football was just revolutionary to the point where people can say, you know, we can win like that. If we have, a, if we have the right system and the right formula – Uh, That can work. We don't necessarily need a strong running game. We need a, a decent running game that can be effective and move the chains, but we don't need a bruiser. That's where the game went. Steph Curry came in and showed people, you know what? That's not a bad way to play basketball. Guys can be able to extend their careers, have a more efficient shot to Be more effective in a basketball game. And we can probably win like that. We need to tweak a few things. Can't just have a whole bunch of small guys out there shooting. But there's definitely a formula that can possibly win you a championship. Steph showed them the way. So, I can't hate on Steph. I'm not a Golden State fan, but I can't hate on Steph. In other news... COVID is running rampant through the NBA. There's a lot of big names out, Giannis, uh for the Lakers, THT is out. Like this is this is a concern. The Bulls are are, are ravaged with this. There's a there's a lot of stuff going on in the NBA right now. I I'm hoping that there's not going to be like a mini lockout. I don't think so. You know, I do know that they're going to postpone some games push back some games and see if that works. but man like you know the NBA as well as the NFL is getting hit big time right now. Vax and unvaxed it doesn't matter. like there's there's just a rampant of cases everywhere in the NFL they've had 60 plus cases in the last two days. That's a lot. You know we had Thanksgiving break obviously you know people like to mingle and they're around their families. They're not wearing masks. They're not doing that. I'm sure people went to parties and all that. So, you know, we got to get this under control. We don't want our sports to shut down. So I'm hoping that everything works out. I hope that everybody who is affected and infected has a speedy recovery and they can be able to get back to doing what they want to do. Moving on, moving on. Kyrie Irving, I'm hearing there's some reports that there might be a resolution coming for the Nets and Kyrie Irving that he may be returning to work. But not saying that he's going to get vaxxed. No. The fact that he'll just play the road games. He'll play half the season. So they're willing to have him play half the season just to What? Just to say you have them, are the Nets that desperate? Team looks good. Kevin Durant is doing his thing, but I understand the concern because James Harden looks bad. James Harden is injured. James Harden is not James Harden. And Kevin Durant is logging a lot of minutes. and He's playing virtually every game. You don't want him to break down because if he breaks down, then – You know, there's going to be a lot of bad things that happen to Brooklyn. He is the engine. He's the straw that stirs the drink. He and Steph Curry are 1A and 1B in regards to the MVP race right now. You can throw Jokic in there, but their team is not that – they're not doing what they need to do. The Nets, Golden State, Suns, but those two guys are 1A and 1B in regards to the MVP race. You don't want Kevin Durant to get hurt. Because if Kevin Durant gets hurt, the Nets are done. Period. So I can understand the desperation of wanting Kyrie to come back, but really? Really? It'd be better off if they trade Kyrie and get somebody who can actually be there full time. So I'm hearing that that possibly can be in the works too. And hey, I wouldn't be mad at that. I'm sure my man Bishop, shouts to Bishop, big-time Nets fan. He'll he'll, he'll cry in the car. He'll he'll definitely cry in the car a couple days, but he'll be fine. But the Nets have to do something. You know, they don't have much flexibility. They've been hit by COVID as well. So, you know, they played tonight, I think, with seven healthy bodies. Kevin Durant had a triple-double, and they won. So it just goes to show you that that guy – they need to make sure that he does not break down towards the middle and the end of the season. So they have to get they have to get creative. They gotta get some bodies in here that can be able to, you know, give him some relief. So it's really important. So I, I can I can see where the Nets might be a little desperate. So let's see what happens. They're gonna bring the weirdo back and possibly save their season. Isn't that the, the irony of it, right? that the Nets are going to call on Kyrie Irving to save the season. Somebody who's disrupted their season is actually going to come back and save it. In other news, the Mets are now down to their finalists for manager. You have Buck Showalter, Joe Espada, Matt Quatraro. Those are the three. And I think Matt Quatraro, uh, he met with Cohen today. Over the next three days, they're gonna have Buck and Espada interview. And listen, this is just this is just the they're playing out the string here. Buck's the guy. Spada, they're going to get jobs somewhere else. Hey, Spada might end up getting the the Oakland A's job. So these guys are going to be managers at some point in the near future. But Buck is the guy here. We need Buck. We want Buck. Give him the big bucks. (laughs) I'm going to get that shirt. Give Buck the big bucks. That's it. Just sign Buck. That's who Met fans want. That's who the media wants. That's who players want. That's who ex-players want. Buck Showalter is the smartest man in baseball. That guy is obsessive. He's prepared. He knows what he's doing. He's never out of position. He knows exactly what he has to do to win a baseball game. He'll be able to adjust to the analytics, but his eyes tell him, exactly what they need to tell him his eyes tell him hey listen this guy needs a day off hey i need to give this guy some at bats i need to make sure that i switch up the lineup a little bit i need to make sure that i keep my pitchers healthy and fresh i need to make sure i don't i don't tax my bullpen he knows those things he doesn't need somebody with a paper saying this is going to be the lineup card because Based on analytics and on the numbers and advanced sabermetrics, this is what we thought is going to be the most optimal lineup to use. Buck Showalter is going to look at that person and say, "Yeah, thank you," and not use it. He'll take it into consideration in regards to certain things, but he's not. You're not going to set Buck's lineup. That's the type of manager I want. I don't want a puppet. I don't want somebody who's just going to yass a boss me. Nah, nah. Be a manager. Control the game. Control your team and win baseball games because this team has the ability to be good. They'll win now. They have two of the best pitchers in baseball. Yes, Degrom has some health issues. Yes, Scherzer is 37 years old. But when those guys are on and they're normally on nine times out of ten, watch out. Just watch out. That's all I'm saying. Box the guy. Respect to those other two, but I really don't care. Really don't care. So I'm going to keep watching. I'm going to keep refreshing my phone until I see breaking news. Mets agreed to contract with Buck Showalter. Four years, blah, 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 blah. Whatever. Don't care about how much it is. That's Buck's business to deal with. I just want to make sure that he's the guy sitting in the dugout and calling the shots. That's all I care about. Buck Gets the big bucks in Queens Coming up after the break The greatest segment on the planet Dummy of the week On a Tuesday night It's all even This is Cigar Jensen Gals Just want to give a shout out to All Even Podcast The best sports podcast out there Give up the amazing work Also check us out at CigarJensenGals.com Where everyday apparel for cigar smokers Let's get it. What's going on? What's up with you? It's your boy, the Candyman, the A-L-F-R-E to the D. It's your boy, Alfred, from the Rap Lab Podcast. And it's the one and only True G. Just call me the QG from the Rap Lab Podcast. And you tuned in to All Even with Barry Grant. Boy, that shit crazy. Welcome back, y'all. So without further ado, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week, Dummy we picked candidates on Tuesday and Saturday and then we picked the winner on that Saturday show. So, since we didn't have a show on Saturday due to prior obligations, that Bill's reporter held the title, which is fine. I'm I'm good with that. I'm perfectly fine with that. But we have a new candidate here, and he possibly may win it cuz I don't know if I I don't know if anybody's going to take the mantle. But I could be wrong. May I have the drum roll, please?
1: And the candidate is
0: Urban Meyer, head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Urban Meyer is my candidate for... Because, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I saw this coming. Nothing that's going on right now with the Jacksonville Jaguars and Urban Meyer shocks me. This is a guy that everywhere he's gone, he's left destruction behind him. Why? Because, I don't know, some people just are jinxes. Some people are just, they're just black sheeps. They just can't get right. And for some reason... This particular guy just nothing connects. Rubs people the wrong way. He brings in racist people into the organization. He's telling his team not to, you know, be irresponsible and make sure that they protect their families and don't don't bring COVID back to the the, the organization. And he's out there dancing and grinding on young girls and he can't even dance. <laughs> I don't know what he was doing. I don't know what he was doing, but that wasn't dancing. That wasn't dancing. But it gets better. It gets better. There's reports out that Urban Meyer called coaches losers. This is real. This is real. Only the Jacksonville Jaguars can find the worst coach (laughs) They could possibly find to try to start or upstart or rejuvenate their franchise. This guy is a disaster. Disaster, and I knew it. And guess what's going to happen? The owner is not going to fire him. No, 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 no. That's not what's going to happen with Urban Meyer. What's going to happen with him is that he's going to miraculously have some type of health issue and medical condition that he's forced to step away because he has to, you know, take care of home, take care of his health and, you know, not put himself in jeopardy, you know, what he always does he Did it in Florida. He did it in Ohio state. He'll do it in Jacksonville. Oh, Elizabeth, it's the big one. That's who Urban Meyer is. Urban Meyer is Red Fox. He's Fred Sanford. Anytime Fred Sanford felt like the pressure was getting too heavy, too tight, he would start to hold his chest. Oh, 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 please, please. That's who Urban Meyer is. The excuse machine continues. The Tim Tebow nonsense. Just everything about this, this regime Everything about this just, it was just bad. His press conference was bad. His first training camp was bad. The people that he brought in, bad. How he spoke to people, bad. The players hate him. There's a report that the players can't stand him. And I'm sure the owner doesn't like him either. But the owner has to look at it like, I'm paying this guy so much money. Do I really want to cut bait after one year? He may have to. He just may have to. But I'm telling you, Burger King is hiring. <laughs> Burger King's hired. And maybe they wouldn't even want him at Burger King either. Somebody would punch him in the mouth. Somebody would punch him in the mouth. There's no reason for you know, a 30-year-old man. To act like this, much less somebody's in their 50s, 60s. The hell's wrong with him? Why would he ever look at a young girl in a club and feel that? <laughs> feel that he got shot? You know, he probably, yeah, you know, you know who I am. I'm Urban Maya. You know, head coach of the Jaguars. What's a Jaguar? What is that? Oh, uh, you know, you know, I, it's a football team here in town. Oh, okay. You have money? Yeah, yeah, I got money. How much you want? I don't want any of your money, you creep. Get away from me. You look like my grandfather. That's exactly the type of energy he gets. He's a creep. Nobody try to push up on that, man. Loser. And the fact that he got a tuck tail and go back home, I'm sure his wife must have bust his ass too. <laughs> ah. So Urban Meyer, if you're tuck tail now, Maybe somebody really won't put you in the hospital. And yes, they'll call you an NFL failure and you're a loser and you'll never have any success in the NFL because you're just not for it. It's fine. But you're possibly a winner for Dummy of the Week. That's all for this show. I'll see you guys possibly on Saturday, hopefully. You know, fingers crossed. If not, we definitely back here on Tuesday. So until then, stay safe, stay cool, peace. You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at All Even Podcast. Listen to the show on Podbeam, Amazon Music, Spotify, and wherever you find your podcasts available. And check out my YouTube channel, All Even Podcast. And don't forget to like, share, and hit that subscribe button.
1: Picture yourself wrapped in its softness. Whether you're enjoying a captivating TV show, gathered around a crackling campfire, or cheering for your favorite football team, Minky understands your fall cravings. Our blankets are tailor-made for those heartwarming autumn vibes. With a variety of colors, they're perfect for complementing the hues of fall, as well as showing off your team pride with their vibrant team colors. And the best part? We've got sizes for the whole family, ensuring that everyone can experience the joy of cozying up in Minky's embrace. This fall, let Minky be your companion in creating unforgettable moments. Wrap yourself in comfort, share love, and relish the essence of the season. Minky Blankets, where warmth meets love in every color, for every moment. Fall into one of our Minky Couture stores or visit us online at minkycouture.com.
0: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
1: Laundry? Ooh, a book club.